Well, good morning. I would like to read today from Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. In this, these verses, uh, I guess I believe, are the perfect summary for how we are supposed to live our lives on a daily basis as children of God. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. On your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Okay. So last week, you remember, hopefully, um, that I talked about if the word isn't working in your life. And I, I gave you the example from, from our life where we've been believing for you know, um, provision for five and a half years and it's not there yet. And I said, it's in those cases when you're believing and believing and believing and believing and it doesn't seem to be working, that's when you press. That's when you press into God. That's when you seek Him in His wisdom. And, and specifically what I believe that, that God told me was He knows exactly why. He knows exactly why it's not working and exactly what you need to change. So it will work. So after... After last weekend, sometime during the week, God reminded me that there was another key aspect of living by faith that, that he had revealed to me actually before he revealed to me what I talked about last week. And it really, it really gets to, he told me to change my attitude. <laughs> um, I needed to change my mindset because... At the time, every day I'd come to him, God, why isn't it working? God, why isn't it working? God, why is there still lack in my life? God, why isn't it working? God, why aren't we seeing abundance in my life or in our lives? And what, what God revealed to me was, you need to come from the, the perspective of faith. And what he showed me, I need, we need to come to him with, God, I know your word works. God, I know your word works in my life. God, I know that I have the things that I've been believing for. God, I know if it's not working for some reason, I know you're going to show me why. You're going to show me where I'm missing it. And I'm just going to rest. I'm going to rest in faith. And what, what, the other thing that he showed me is we, we tend to we tend to apply the word like this, okay? So, okay, so what he said to me was, you try to apply my word, 
according to your limited understanding, you would try to apply it according to some silly formula that you made up, that you created, and then when it doesn't work, you assume that it's because my word's not working, and you quit. How many have been there? Done it, done it, done it. So, the main, the main thing that I believe that God was trying to get across to me, and what he wants to get across to you is this. Is, is God good? Is God faithful? Yes. Does God ever fail? No. no. So if, his, if he never fails, does his word ever fail? No, his word never fails. So if we are convinced, if we are absolutely positively convinced that if, his, if God never fails, his word will never fail. If we apply it according to his word, and his wisdom. If we are absolutely convinced of that, then we won't quit. We will not ever quit. We need to, we need to remember that there's two parts to this covenant. There's two members, right? In this covenant relationship. There's God, and we've already talked about He never fails. So if the covenant isn't working in our lives, it doesn't appear to be working in our lives... Where do we look? We look at ourselves. We have to look at ourselves. God is faithful. He never, ever, ever, ever fails. And the other, well, the other possibility is the enemy, right? The enemy could be hindering us. But in both of those cases, whether it's us, we miss it, or the enemy is hindering us, that's again where we press we press, like I was reading here. We trust in God. Don't lean on our own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. Seek to know Him in His ways, and He will direct you. Right? He will direct you. So there's, there's been a phrase going over and over and over and over and over in my mind this week. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on the Word. Don't quit living by faith. Don't quit believing for your healing. Don't quit believing for that financial provision. And definitely, don't quit tithing and giving as God directs you. Don't ever, ever, ever quit. Again, if we know, if we are convinced God's Word works, if we're going through something and it doesn't seem to be working, we won't quit. We'll keep going after him. We'll keep going after him. Keep going after him. We'll keep going after it. So in, in conclusion, okay, don't quit living by faith. Because God is faithful and his word always works. It never fails. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much <laughs> that you are faithful, that there is one thing that we can rely on, and that is you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. 
And Father God, you don't ever want us to quit. You want your word to be working in our lives. You want your promises to be working in our lives. You want the blessing to be working in our lives. You want abundance to be flowing through our lives. So Father God, we, I ask you to bless the tithes and offerings that are presented today. Bless it, multiply it back. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16, verse 14. As you're turning there, you'll uh, remember from last week, uh, in talking about unity, we've actually been talking about unity for the last couple of weeks, and we're going to finish up talking about that today. And just so you know, it's not unity, come on! You, today's we're going to talk about what unity is. Remember we put up this uh, photograph, or this photograph, this painting, and had that's been in the background of almost everything we've been doing this whole year without explanation. Just explain a little bit about why, because this, there's something about this painting that I believe is, is, should spur us on. And the painting, and we described it, you can listen to all of it from last week's sermon, Just you can listen to that online or, or grab a CD or a yeah, CD from the back in the bookstore. But it's a representation of now. It's a representation of the way things are. The rock being Jesus, the, the, the platform being the church. The people on the platform are obviously people that are within the body that are doing different things. And, but surrounding that rock and that platform and those people is also a raging sea, a raging, a tumultuous world with people drowning every single day. And anybody here ever came on an accident? Ever driven, you know, driven up and was the first person that's ever, you know, on an accident, came up to an accident? Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen a couple of, I've, been, I've actually had to, you know, pull people out of cars, different situations that I've had. I've had to pull myself out of a car one time, but that's a whole other story. But I was driving along and, and I, we, were, we were going on a two-lane highway and all of a sudden I saw a Jeep go off the road and it went end over end. Um, and it was a, one of those loose, uh, you know, what are the canvas type tops and, you know, immediately my heart sank and, and what did we do? Huh, that was really cool and just kept right on driving. <laughs> that was the, that's what I was looking for. What? I just, I didn't go, hey guys, did you just see that? That was amazing. But we're really busy, we got to keep going. Did I, did I go, oh my gosh, get the, get the camera. Oh, cool. How many, how many of these, these, these things you see on YouTube, just terrible things that are happening and they're just videotaping? It's like, do something. You know, I often, it, one of the jokes when I used to work construction, when somebody was doing something dangerous and they say, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm the observer for the insurance report. You know, so, somebody's got to see it happen, right? <laughs> no. When that car went end over end, immediately I pulled the van over, jumped out, ran down there, helped people out of the car. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Got them away from the car. We did whatever it took 
to get them to safety. And that's sort of what's happening here-ish, but backwards. And we talked about how people are drowning around that place of safety. And there are some that are doing different parts. There's the, there's the guy over on the, the back part there. You can't see it. That's too bad. You know, the, the painting's actually wider than the screen. And he's th- you can see it on the bulletin. Okay, so they, they put the... Yeah, there you go. Look at your bulletin. You can see he's throwing a life ring. Uh, to somebody he's helping save somebody the guy over here on the on the uh, laying down and he's reaching down for somebody on the edge and and there's somebody on the on the far left side of the painting a couple of people in boats and they're helping they're pulling people into a boat and he's yelling trying to get the attention of people back uh in the uh in the uh on the safety of the, the platform trying to get them to come out and help we live in a world where people are dying every day. Not, and, and people do die physically, but there are people dying every day spiritually. And we talked about at the end that, that the body of Christ is not unified. Because if they were unified, if that painting was unified, every one of them would be doing something. Now, not everyone is going to be in the boat. Not everyone is going to be throwing a lifeline. Not everyone is going to be hanging over the edge. But everyone should, does have a part to play. And that's where we're going to talk about today. Mark chapter 16, to put it, keep it in perspective and put it in the big picture. This is talking about Jesus and, and uh, showing Himself to the remaining disciples. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned." The idea of saving souls is the primary primary purpose of the kingdom of God. It's the primary purpose. It's who we're supposed to be. It's who we are and we should act like. The problem is is that you remember the the parable of the of the seed sown one of them is they get seed, you know, sown on the ground that, that has thorns and thistles and the cares of this world start creeping in. This world is full of so many things that distract away from our primary purpose. There are things in our life that want to be the number one focus of our lives. Now, I want to qualify this because... You know, saying that should be, mean that every waking moment of every day, all we do is reach out and, 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 and bring in the loss. And that we all of a sudden think, well, wait a second, I have to go to school. I have to go to work. Some guy, I don't, I don't, okay, good, I don't have to go to school. No, but I mean, you, I have to go to work. I have to feed my family. I have to mow the grass. I have to. And we can get all bound up and all worked up because, well, wait a second, if we're, we should be doing every moment of every day, that's all we... No, that's the, that's the other ditch. There are times when you go to birthday parties. 
There are times when you go fishing. And I don't mean fishing for men, I mean fishing for fish. There may even be times where you sit and watch television. Football games. Okay, let's go there. Sometimes you go to football. Now, there are some football games that are more righteous and holy than others. And I'm going to leave that up to interpretation. There are some things that should just be left to interpretation. As the Lord leads you. But, so, you know, is, is lifting weights, is becoming stronger... A bad thing. And I don't mean just physically, I mean stronger in God. Is it, is it bad for you, for each one of us, to get stronger? No. Is it wrong for us to have fellowship? Because that's, ha- you know, that's what a bunch of them are doing. They're hanging out. They're, they're eating, they're fellowshipping. No. Is it bad to play music and worship? No. Is it bad to express yourself through art? No. Is it bad to have relationships, to develop relationships, you know, especially, you know, between a man and a woman? No. All those things are a part of life. But they need to be in the right balance, with the right perspective, with the right heart and with the right motivation. And as we do that, as we follow, as we do our part, as the Lord leads, His work, His time, His, His plan and purpose is fulfilled. Slide over to Ephesians 4, and that's where we're going to hang out the rest of the day. Ephesians 4. Very familiar. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now that's what we've been talking about for two weeks. Able to do this, to be able to do uh, to to fulfill the great commission, we can't do it ourselves individually. We need to work as a body. And the thing that holds us together, the thing that makes it possible to even do it, is unity. If if Greg and I we're gonna we're going to lift somebody, and I we could go through the whole demonstration, but it's going to take time, and we're not going to do that. Um, if Greg and I were to lift somebody. You know, well, I'll, just, I'll, go, I'll go a step over. Yesterday, Deb and I were trimming trees. We were trimming trees in our front yard, and, and it, the tree is the one that grows up right next to our steps. And I had to get behind the tree to get to the, the, the bottom of the one tree that I needed to cut off because it's all grown up into the eaves and all kinds of other things. And so I'm in there working. I get it cut out. I get all the parts cut out. Well, I'm 52 years old, Okay. I'm not as nimble. I, you know, some people might be able to just spring up on top of the deck, you know, on top of the steps after that. Not me. I haven't sprung in a long time, okay? So, so I put the chainsaw up, I put in all the stuff, and I said, I said, hey, Deb, grab my hand, I said, and pull me. And she went, yeah, right. Come on. We can do this together. So I grabbed a hold of the one part of the tree. I put my foot up on the, on the first side step, 
and I went to, and I grabbed her hand, and I said, when I, you know, pull when I say pull. Well, the very first time we ever did it was just, it was beautiful. I mean, we just, I said pull, we both went up. Well, I had to go back down in there two or three times. You know, things don't always work. By the third time, she was pulling, I was not ready, I was up, you know, and and it almost yanked her down into the hole because we weren't in unity doing it together at the same time. We can have the same plan that we're going to pull the big guy out of the hole, but if we don't do it in unity, if we don't do it, you know, at the same time, okay, we agree upon, hey, here's the deal, we're going to, at the count of three, at the count of three, we're going to pull. Not two, two is right out. Four is too many. For you fans, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Who's it reference? So, you got to be in unity. On three, everybody pull, pull, hey, I'm out of the hole. We have to be in unity. Walking, and, and we need to be, uh, our desire is to do that in the bond of peace. Verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So what is the absolute foundation of that unity? The foundation of that unity is, is God. One God, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit, one faith. We are in that. We can't be in unity with somebody who isn't that. You know, I, I, I've been a part of all kinds of different things that, you know, uh, where churches get together. I am a huge, huge, and you've heard me talk about it before. I'm a huge proponent of the body of Christ working together. The kingdom of God. Not, we're not the only church in the valley. There are a lot of other really good churches that are preaching the, the, the gospel, that are preaching the word of God, that are, that are saying they, they believe in one God, and one Father, and one Jesus, the one faith. They believe you must be born again. Man, I will work with those people all day long. I want to do it more than we do. Because I believe that working together as the body, we can do even more. But there are some that don't believe those things. There are even some, some churches that don't believe that stuff. Sorry, I can love you, I can try to, try to help you, I can, but I'm not going to work together. I'm not, I'm not going to pull in your direction to try to help people in a way that won't truly help them. Oh, just, you know, be, be, you know feel good and just come to church and just, you know... Be a nice person and everything will be just fine. That's not, the gospel is that Jesus came and died for our sins because we couldn't do anything about him. Anything less than that is a waste of time. So unless we have that as our foundation that we're pulling. But here's the deal, we all have that foundation. If you're born again, if you're, a part, if you're in the kingdom of God, you know that's what's taught here. You must be born again. And you believe that. And hey, I'm in, okay, now we can work together. And anybody else that, that, that we, we can, uh, are able to work together with who believes those same things. Therefore, verse 8. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. 
in saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Awesome, awesome verses. Someday we may talk about them. I'm not going to spend any time on them today. Some deep theological stuff going on there. We'll move on. Doesn't change the, the, the idea of unity. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith, of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I want to read something, and I just want to ask you a question after I read it. I'm going to reread verse 13. And I want to ask you a question. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Has the church reached that level yet? No. That's the problem. Why? Because we're not mature. Why? Because there's divisions among us. Remember, we read that last week. Because, because I want to do it my way. And you want to do it your way. And they want to do it their way, and they want to do it their way, and they want to do it their way, and they want to do it their way. Everybody has their way of doing it, or wanting to do it. And we think we're the best. We think, we think that is the most important part. In a, on a football team, since we have football in the, in the air. What is the most important position on the field? I heard one person say it very quietly. The coach. Why? And I'm not, I'm not the coach. God's the coach. Jesus is the coach. The Holy Spirit's the coach. The coach is the most important person on them because they see the whole picture. They understand, or they should. That's their job is to understand the whole picture. And praise God, we have a, we have a God who does see the whole picture. And he's, he's trying to orchestrate and move people in the right position to be in the right place at the right time to defend or to be on the offense or to whatever it is. But I remember playing football in high school. And we had an amazing, amazing running back. He was actually recruited by, by D1 schools. He could run through, I mean, he was big. He was six foot two, six foot three, which was big for a high school kid, but he was heavy, but he was fast. I mean, he was lightning fast. And he could cut, he was, you know, had agility, the whole nine yards. Except, and the thing was, though, it, to him, he was the whole team. It was all about him. He liked being in the newspaper. He liked being the one, you know, and so, so his, his, his attitude was, you know, just block for me, guys, and I'll, I'll win the game for us. 
and the, the, the line, which I wasn't a part of, in 11th grade I was, uh, I was uh, sitting on the bench, which was great, you know, and I never got hurt, then I could just, you know, <laughs> I could get ready for wrestling. Ah, if you want to talk about wrestling, now that's a whole other thing. It was a sport I, I trained in to keep, keep in shape. But the line didn't like the linebacker because he was all full of it. And it wasn't that they let people through on purpose, but they just didn't do their job to the fullest because they weren't motivated. Because they, you know, who's going to get their picture in the paper? And the quarterback had his issues, and the the, the running, you know, the, the the ends and the defense was was because you know they would they could try all they wanted to and stop the game, but but if the offense didn't do their part, so why are we going to bust our tails and and have it just? So we didn't have any unity. That whole team, week after week after week, we got our tails kicked. Because we all weren't on the same page. Until we all reach maturity, and when we realize, hey, if it isn't for the big guys up front, the running back's not going to go anywhere. And unless the defense stops the other team from from running right down the field, then who cares how many points we score if they score every time they get the ball? And if the kicker, whose only one job is to kick the ball, doesn't do his part. If we're not all working together as one, now there are teams, I'm sure some of you have played on teams, whether it be you know volleyball teams or basketball teams or, or our wrestling team, was unified. An individual sport that had such great unity that whenever an individual was on the mat, everybody was kneeling around the side cheering them on. That's for an individual sport. So what does real unity look like? If the church isn't there yet, what could happen? Look, look how effective people have been. I mean, there's churches all over. Christianity is growing. So, I mean, we're being effective, but just think how really effective we could be if we reach maturity and the fullness of the measure of the likeness of Christ. Verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. He's the head. Who's the head of this church? Jesus is. Has to be. It's not me. It's not, it's not any one leader. It's not any individual. It's Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in life, in love. When it's working properly, it grows. So, how does this work? I want to put it into, a, into just as simple and, and you know, uh, ordinary terms. No theological, deep theological anything. How does this work? The first thing is, not everybody's the coach. Not everybody's the quarterback. Not everybody's the, the tight end. Not everybody's the most important part in my life, the right tackle. We're not all that indiv- same individual. We all have our parts to play. 
in the kingdom, and I'm going to put it into, you know, since we have lifeboats and things like that, we have pictures of, we have uh, the, the painting that we work with. I was just meditating all week on boats and rescue or lifeboats. One part, one part of this team are rescuers. Rescuers. People, go ahead and flip. People who are going out into the water to pull people in. There are those. Now here's the deal. We all should be, to some level. We all know somebody. We all know an individual who is without Christ. We all work with somebody, go to school with somebody, live in a neighborhood with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. We all should be rescuers at some level. There are some that, that's just their passion though. I mean, it's just something that they have in them. They're, every single day, they're looking for somebody to rescue. They're just, they just are so motivated. So Their heart is so full of, you know, I don't want a single person. And God just brings people across their path all the time, and they do that. So there are rescuers. The next possible area, another way to explain it, are the actual, the lifesavers. Not the little round candies. They're the ones who are, who are going out and they are, they're, they're pulling the people in. They're pulling, you know, so the rescues and the lifesavers are kind of the same thing. But what I thought of was, yeah, somebody, maybe they're not going out into the water. But they're, they're, they're helping somehow. They're, you know, they're, you know, the, the really cool thing is we're doing Alpha right now. And Alpha is about sharing your faith. And about dealing, helping people to understand the truths of the Word of God, helping them to understand the what 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 God's plan is for their life. But they're doing it. Maybe not. Maybe they're not Billy Graham. You know, was it yesterday? Was Billy Graham's birthday? Ninety-seven years old. Praise God for Billy Graham. He was out there. Now, he wasn't the guy that was out there. You know, in the you know the really dark places. He'd go to auditoriums, and people would come in. There are some people who go out into the dark places. But not everybody's built that way. Not everybody's supposed to have that. So if you have somebody who maybe is, say, a little bit safer, but hey, they're apart, they're, 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 they're doing something, they're throwing a lifeline if possible. But then once you get that person in the boat and back to safety, and you know, say that's born again, you need somebody who can save their, you know, help them, You need somebody who can bring them, who can maybe revive them. When somebody comes into the, into the kingdom, comes into the church, they just come in and they're, they're still spitting water. They still, maybe they're, maybe they're still, maybe their heart hasn't started yet. Maybe they're, you know, they just need, hey, they need a lifeline, somebody to walk with them. One of the coolest stories I've ever heard, one of the coolest testimonies was about a man, I don't even know his name, the, the, the article that I read, um, didn't didn't say his name. I, I'm sure you know. Obviously, Billy Graham knows him. But do you know there was a man that reached out to Billy Graham the day after he went forward and got saved. And Billy Graham said that if it wasn't for this man, he would have never been. He he would have never grown in the kingdom. And this man every day for 30 days went over, picked him up at his house, and took him out for coffee and had breakfast with him. And just shared Christ even more. You know, there's more to it. There's, there's a deeper walk. 
Somebody who, who took Billy Graham's hand. Now, who is that guy? I don't know. I don't even know his name. That's, that's actually kind of appropriate, isn't it? It's not big and flashy. It's not, it's not su- but it's that person who gives of their own life and takes somebody who's pretty raw. You know, I mean, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to have been a, you know, a mouse in the corner or whatever you want to say, listening to that conversation. I wonder what Bill, Bill, Billy Graham was like in that first month. I'm sure he wasn't as eloquent and as deep and as amazing as he is at 97. He was raw. It's good to be with raw people. It's good to be with people that are on the edge. You know, and I, I, I won't mention any names, but one of my favorite, you know, I don't, I don't know what's her name is my favorite, but that, I mean, one of, I have many favorite Christians. Well, what's her name? No, Jen. But there, we used to have Saturday night service here. We used to have Saturday night service, and it was a handful of people. Well, there was a lady that, that came on a pretty regular basis, and, and I'd, be, I'd be preaching, and all of a sudden, in the middle of my Saturday night sermon, she'd blurt out, because I'd say something about, you know, whatever, you know, about being saved, or about, you know, whatever, I don't know, just anything. She would just blurt, and she'd swear. Right in the middle, and she'd yell it out, You don't blank and mean that! Yeah, I do. And just to remind you, we record these messages, you know. On a regular basis, she would just swear in the middle of a service. I loved it, okay? Now, I'm not encouraging you to swear. Please don't. We're recording, all right? But that was just awesome. They were, she was real. She was a real person reacting, you know, just reacting real. I encourage that. It's a good thing. But some people, that's just, you know, they want to they help disciple, help, help bring somebody up who is, who is just raw and, you know, and, and to help them take those first few steps in the kingdom. We need people that that's their heart. Another level. Our educators educators, people who have a deep desire to help people grow step, line upon line, step by step. You, gotta, you need to know this. And here, let me teach you what the Word of God says about that. Let me show you with my life. Let me, but people who are, who are teaching on a regular basis. Now, does that mean that the teacher, the somebody who's, who's leading a class on Wednesday night or Sunday morning back in the kids' room or, or Wednesday night, somebody who volunteers with the, with the youth group, does that mean that that person isn't a lifesaver when God gives them that opportunity? No. But it, is, it may be their passion that they teach, that they, 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 they line upon line systematically train people up as they grow in Christ. Because it says until we all grow up. We all need to grow up. We all need to become more mature. Then there's the equippers. I was trying to think, what would be a good picture for equippers? And that picture is a hardware store guy. What do you need? What do you need for me to... How do you, how do you want me to help? Somebody just knows how to get things into people's hands. You, you have a friend who's, who's a Mormon. I just picked something completely out of the top of my head. You have a friend who's a Mormon. Hey, I know a guy who knows a lot about Mormonology. 
I said it that way on purpose. I know, I know, you know, oh, well, actually, what, this week I'm, I'm in, you know, one of our, our lifesavers is out there and goes, oh, I ran into somebody who's into whatever. Oh, hey, I know how to get something into your hand. And they just, you know, let me help you get this material or that material. Let me help you get this tool, that tool. And there's people who are just, they just have that in them to equip. Another level are mobilizers. All right, guys, that's it. We're going. We're all going to be in a line. We're all going to be heading the same direction. There are people who can organize a stampede. That's a good thing. We need people who can organize. We need people who can, who can be a part of that next level of, of leadership. Who, who say, hey, we want, to, we want to accomplish this. Okay, let's get it done. There's been some events and things that have been going on where people have been organizing groups of people, the marriage seminar, uh, the, uh, the, even the, the, the uh, Alpha, because they've been organizing teams and working with... There are people who organize groups of people. That's a good thing. We need that. Does that mean that the Lifesaver is less important than the person who organizes the bigger group things? No. We're all in this together. We're all in unity. My part's important. Your part's important. All of our parts are equally important. One more. Then there's overseers. Overseers. That's people who can see long range. Does that mean that the overseer is the most important part? Absolutely not. It's just a part. My part is just a part. Anybody who's known me long enough knows that that's my heart. I'm just a part of this. I have a different job. I have, I, my job is to oversee. My job is to help. Uh, you know, and, and, and maybe it's not to organize every event. It's actually to that point where it's not to organize any events. It's not to organize anything. It's to help the organizers do their job. That's, my, that's who I am. Inspire, train, help, help prepare. Getting people all moving in the same direction. Because, because the kingdom of God is all about those who need to be rescued. Along the way, we do get trained up. Along the way, we do worship. Along the way, we do uh, build our own selves up and build our families up. But there, along the way, we do fellowship. I mean, this church can fellowship, man. We're good at fellowship. And that's a good thing. Because every once in a while, you just need to blow some steam off. Have some fun. That's good. We need to do that. But it's all about, still, bottom line, it's about the lost. How do we bring the lost in? Every day, people are dying without Jesus. Every day, somebody comes into the kingdom who needs to grow up in the kingdom. Every day, people need supplies. People need organization. People need help. Working together, each one doing its part. I'm going to take three minutes of the last five minutes and I'll let us out early to enjoy, once again, a beautiful day. Years ago, I was in a prayer meeting. Um, I'm really excited. Tomorrow, a, a number of us are going down to uh, Des Moines, Iowa and I'm going to be praying with the, the old Acts 13 group. It was during one of those prayer meetings that 
you know, I was the youngest one in the group. I, was, I, had, I had purpose not to say a word to anybody about anything. Uh, I was just going to support people in prayer, and everybody else was praying these really awesome, cool prayers, and I was just praying in the background and listening. And, and on the third day of the prayer meeting, I know third day seems like a long time, but it, it's amazing how fast in the Spirit. But it was, it was the third day of the prayer meeting, and we were all just praying, and all of a sudden I, I realized I'm praying out loud. And I'm, I'm saying something that I was not necessarily planning on praying. I was just yielding to the Spirit, allowing Him to pray through me. And as He prayed, what was being said was absolutely amazing. I'm going, that is amazing. Not because I said it. Not because I knew anything. It was because the Holy Spirit was praying through me. And as He prayed, He said that still water is going to be a place like an outpost for the coming revival of God. That as, as the kingdom of God moves forward, as the, the plan of God moves forward, His plan is to, is to win this whole valley. That's our vision, is to, is to influence the, the river valley from, uh, from uh, uh, I'll get there, don't tell me, Solon Springs, all the way to Prescott, and 50 miles in either direction. That's our vision, that's our goal, is to in, impact this whole area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That when that is happening... That still water is going to be like an outpost. People are going to be out ministering in all these areas and then come back here to be replenished and refreshed and, re- and built back up and then go back out again and minister and, and, and reach the lost and then come back in and get built up and replenished and re-equipped and, and rebuilt and then go back out and it will just be continuous. It will be people coming and going all the time. And that it's like going to be like the hub of a, of a wheel. That people will be going out in all directions. And then coming back here to get rebuilt up. Does that make us really super important? No. Uh, no. Just makes us part of the plan. But that's what God has given us to do. Is to, is to, is to start a church in St. Croix Falls. Which we have done. And then in that... We help them. We pray for them. We build them up. We send people to help there. They come back sometimes. Then they go out again. Then they come back. You know, we meet with the pastors. We build up the pastors. We 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 shore them up. We do some of the work for them. A lot of the the bookkeeping, some of the book bookkeeping, the 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 all that kind of stuff. We take care of it for them. Grandy the same way. We started the second church started, and we're helping them. They're doing the work. They're doing the day to day work. We're helping them. There'll be more of that. There'll be more building up here. It's in my heart, in our heart here, to become a place where people come and get trained up. That's what Wednesday nights is really all about, guys. I'm just going to lay it out for you, plain and simple. Wednesday nights is about growing up, being built up, learning things you didn't know before so that you can go out and do the part that God's called you to do. It's vital. It is a vital part of the plan of what God's doing right now. But when we walk in, so what's unity look like? It's that group of people doing their jobs, working in unison, all for the glory of God. That's what it's about. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we just thank You for all that You're doing in our lives and we thank You for the place where we are today. I know we're not where we're supposed to be ultimately or we're not where we're going to be tomorrow, but we are where we are. 
And we ask you, Father, to help us, to help us to grow, to walk in that unity, to walk in that power, to walk in all that you've called us to be. Father, we praise you, we thank you, we give you glory this week for all that you're doing. Keep everybody safe, watch over us, lead us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen.